I'll call the meeting to order. And uh, first item on the agenda is the approval of the June 23rd, 2022 board meeting agenda. I have a motion to approve. So moved. Second. Moved by Robin, seconded by Hannah. Is there any discussion? All in favor of approving the minutes? Aye. And the motion passes. So the next item on the agenda is public discussion. Are there any members of the public here? Introduction of our new member. Um, it's not on the agenda, Okay. I didn't propose it in time. I think uh, everyone knows that John Rayburn is uh, joining us. John, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Well, yes, I'm delighted to be here. And I'm a great user of the library. And now I'm going to find out how it works. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my background is an academic. I took that at the university. I taught. Um, and now I'm retired. And that's a, a, a delightful way to find yourself <laughs> in more ways than one. And shall we go around the table? I'm Hannah Schultz. I am just finished up my third year on the board, so halfway through. Um, and I'm currently on the bylaws committee and I've been on the uh, Friends Foundation board for the last couple of years as well. I'm Robin Petzold um, and I'm not sure what number of year this is. I think it's my 11th or 12th year um, that I've been on the board and I've been on a lot of the different committees, but I'm on the bylaws committee right now and I think that's the only one. So. Ellsworth Carbon, I'm a library director. I've had the pleasure of doing job for orientation earlier this week. Nice to see you. And I'm Tom Rodman. I'm Claire Matthews. I've been on the board since December. Not on any committees at the moment. But welcome. Thank you. And I'm Dan Stevenson. I've been on the board for a year now. And uh, I am now, or starting next month, we'll be on the Friends Foundation board as well. Mm -hmm. And we we and and I'm DJ Jonk. Um, I'm on my third year, just like Hannah, and uh, I'm our secretary, and uh, I'm also on the Friends Foundation. And where are you? I am on Keokuk Street, over on the little uh, <laughs> dog on the road. This is a picture I took in Colorado. It's uh, this is a view from Mount Cameron on the Mosquito Range in Colorado. <laughs> was Noah going to remember that? Was that? Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Are there members of the public who want to address the board? Seeing none. On to um, item 4A, the FY23 NOBU budget. After 11 years, does it start to make sense, Rob? Yeah, I know what NOBU means. <laughs> Would you like to guide us elsewhere? I'll do my best. Patty sometimes jumps in and helps clarify, too. Um, so um, every year, we essentially create two different budget requests. One is the operating budget, that's our you know, six million something request with the city. Um, and that that is designed to cover operational costs, 
um, most staffing or programming and building maintenance, things like that. We do that. Um, we start the process in October uh, and sort of it keeps going through the spring. Um, and we do that for the, the next coming fiscal year. At the beginning of each fiscal year, we have the privilege of making a no-boo request, which is um, a budget request for the year that's about to start, so it starts July 1, um, looking at unrestricted gift money and state funding. So these are board-controlled funds that are either, um, some of them can be, unlike the operating budget, if they're unused, they can roll over um, just into and have a balance. Um, that would be the unrestricted gifts. The state funding is designed to be spent in the year there is a um, We sort of push them together into a large budget that we call NOBU, um, the non-operating budget. So the, the, just the very basic way we kind of do the math to, to figure out what our NOBU request will be at or under every year, when we take the unrestricted gift amount, um, which um, in the, the content statement there you saw was the 117.5, um, and then we add in last year's um, Enrich Iowa and Open Access numbers. We don't yet know the coming year's numbers. Um, unfortunately, those numbers are trending down, which is why you'll notice that the Nobu total request this year is lower than the year before. Because there is um, a balance for the NOBU budget um, in its entirety, um, in theory, if there was a year that that both the leadership team and the library board agreed, that made sense to kind of go over that annual total of the unrestricted gift plus the state aid that could be done because we could tap into the balance. Again, that's more controlled. Um, I have not had a year that I thought it was necessary to do that yet. Since I've been here, I think that we could hold that option until um, it, it really is needed. Um, this year, we we did notice sort of a, a little bit of a pinch in the NOBU funding with that restriction or the reduction in the state funding. And additionally, um, we're seeing some of the ongoing annual expenses increase. So um, if you took a look at this, you'll notice it's kind of split. We have ongoing things that we pay for every year. That includes some two uh, parts of conditions. Those go up every year. That's because stuff is cost and salary. Um, we, we also make an annual contribution to the book festival. There's um, some collective support that comes out of this. And we did increase that this year. Um, and just some other things like that. Um, then we have a second part, um, which is significantly smaller, that is sort of a um, one-off, maybe strategic initiative, project-related cost. Um, and those really could range. That could be almost anything. We try, again, not to spend the money on things that... Um, that we believe should come out of that operating budget. Um, sometimes there's a gray area, and it's great to have conversations about those when they come up. Um, but like I say every year, um, I think that the NOBU, having access to these funds allows us to be nimble. It allows us to 
do things that we didn't know we needed or wanted to do when we were finalizing the operational budget. Um, it, I think that in a lot of ways, this is one of the things that allows us to sort of maintain our reputation as as a responsive community library. Um, so even even in years that we feel kind of like, oh, we had a couple more things we would have put in if we could have, um, this is a, a huge benefit to the community and we're extremely thankful to have those persons. Um, I tried to sort of uh, give brief summaries of what each piece of the request was for, but I'm more than happy to walk through anything where it stuck out, stuck out to folks. I did make an error on the final line. This is for fiscal year 23 budget request, not 22. So obviously we're using last year's time. <laughs> um, but I, I, it does, I mean, I think it does take a couple of years of exposure for it to, to, for the rhythm to kind of fall together of operating budget and and how they do or don't interplay. I was just looking at your, um, for strategic or project related, there's the saga of the stair, this, the oh. tripping stair. Where does, is that part of, is that, is a resolution on that? Or the, is it coming out of this kind of a budget? That is being handled by a budget amendment that the city was handled. Nice. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so. so that actually didn't, I, I wasn't even asked to be part of that conversation. It just came through as an amendment of the council. Okay. They just, I think it was sort of wrapped up in the finalization of the whole pet ball project because there were a few other other things that were still being tweaked. Um, sure. But that's a great question. That is the kind of thing that we'd want to talk about um, at that scope of cost. Would we maybe partially fund with Nobu or, or talk about could we parcel out, you know, maybe we cover the railing and we cover the, mm -hmm. the labor. Um, but fortunately, that one was going to be folded into the city's budget, which really is very reasonable because it's not our scale. It's not absolutely. Our, we're not responsible. Absolutely. No, it made perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, but I was still pleased to see that we, we didn't have to argue. Yeah. Um, what are pass-through funds? I, that's a term I didn't know. Um, it undesignated pass-through fund gifts. So, Patty, correct me if I'm wrong, but pass-through are gifts that come in and can be used right away. So they, they don't have to, they don't have a spot that they have to go first. So they, they it's, it's a resource that's available right as it comes. They're not designated or something. No, they're totally unrestricted. And are there strings to the Iowa State uh, uh, support? Yes. And what are So a big part of it is what level of accreditation you have. This library has the highest level of accreditation. That's tied to um, everything from hours open to number of staff with advanced degrees, um, what kind of programming you have, how big is your collection. It sort of is a, a holistic snapshot of your services. Um, we also do Enrich Iowa, which I'm less able to explain. Does anybody feel like they have a good blurb for how that's calculated? It's, <laughs> it's, it's not, but it's, it's not a history, but it's, it is. A, it, I don't know what the formula is that they use. It, they take into account um, 
your population serves and um, at some some way your level of service. Uh, but I think it's mostly based on population serve. And you have to meet a few sort of benchmarks that, that we will always probably need. Um, and that's one of the benefits of being a larger, well-funded library is that we don't we don't have to worry about um, losing those accreditation standards. We just um, actually started in July 1 will be a new accreditation um, cycle for us. We, we just reapplied this year and we're again awarded that. So it's a three-year cycle. Um, and in addition to that, just to put on the topic, um, it it's not immediately tied to, but it's, we also um, have to do continuing education credits as a staff so we have to maintain our library um, certifications and things like that. So it all sort of folds together into making sure we keep that top funding. Mm -hmm. Also, roughly what is the balance holding in reserve there? I don't know what to lock up until I can get back Okay. And we're working on kind of recrafting the way that that balance is um, documented from year to year. Because this, because Noble has been around for a long time and it's sort of passed through multiple administrative staffs, systems of hands. Um, now that Jen is here, we're trying to sort of pull multiple databases, multiple files, all into one uh, authoritative place for that. That's great timing because there's new finance staff in the city as well. Mm -hmm. So we had a great meet, a productive meeting with the new director and assistant director of finance talking about. You know, we maintaining that that absolute board control, but also having it reflected appropriately in our overall finance systems. And there's not pressure to um, approve this this meeting if if people have any reason to wait. It wouldn't be unusual at all for it to come back in July. We used to bring it in July until someone sort of asked. Why are we approving this a month into the fiscal year that it's supposed to start? Um, so if if people do have questions or want to spend more time with it, um, it could be revisited if needed. I, I don't. This is just a comment. I, I don't think there's really a resolution, but the distinction between ongoing or annual expenses and project related is kind of a little funny. In that, like, so there was a decision at some point that we should spend five thousand dollars on programming out of this budget every year. But that's yeah. that's flexible, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, that could be changed. And then down below, we say, well, and this year we're going to spend sixty five hundred more. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't figured out how to fix it, so I just comment that it's it's a little bit funny. It is funny, and I would say if we do want to address that. We want to sort of have that conversation before October because what happens is when we're making our operational asks, this is part of that conversation. Sure. So makes sense. Well, um, but it, like you said, it's completely flexible. I mean, we we made this up. We can right. we can change it. However, um, the only the the sort of the hardest to touch would be those uh, salary support yeah. lines. And I would also say the collection support, because those are so built into how how those models are built. It, it would just take a, a lot to um, to 
change that. Although I do plan in next year's budget meetings to really start to lay that groundwork to transition at least one of those salary um, mm -hmm. contributions into operational. Yeah. I don't think they were designed to be a noble forever, mm -hmm. but once they're there, it's very <laughs> convenient for everybody to really let it go. So um, I, I don't think that that change will happen in the next two or three years, but I think starting to have the conversation will put us in a good position um, when we, we get more sort of truly out of the COVID impact. Tom, are you concerned about the label or about the actual expenditure lines? That's the label. Just, just, just the way of organizing. Couldn't we yeah. just change the verbiage if we found something better right now? I mean, it's, well, it's I, just we a can mess with all the next year. Yeah. So it, it, it's okay. We but understand I think, it. I mean, if it's just even... Ongoing does make it look like we're sustaining it. And right. I don't know if that's the impression we want to give. If we... we if there's something else... You could just call it continuing. If you're continuing from last Sustained. Year. Or, but, but I think the word annual maybe is the, that's, the one that it makes it sound like we're going to do it every year forever. Right, we built it in, even out, you know, and we sort of are. Maybe it's continued rather than ongoing or yeah, repeated expenses. Yeah, given all the options, I I would I'd be comfortable doing that in next year. So. I just think the word annual though does make it look like it's the same. Yeah. You know, I just want to run a quick comment. Um, we wouldn't have these funds if the development office and the friends weren't supporting right. us. And I just think we need to acknowledge the work that they all put into this because it doesn't just come from nowhere. You know? But really, and seriously, the, friends don't, the whole friends committee, aren't, they're not here, but they're acknowledged that those programs wouldn't go on without a lot of their work. Yes, thank you, Robin. That's what I talk about. Makes the, us different. The reputation of the library. I think this really does. Right. I mean, so often the things that people will say, well, I remember 10 years ago coming to that and the child. Yeah. If you look back at that, those are double expensive. And it's the community too. You know, so it's those that organize, but the community donors are the ones that really are paying for those yeah. programs by choice. Yeah. Yes. No, it's a huge benefit. And um, I really don't know many other libraries that right. have a chance at this level to say, this is what we'd like to do with these dollars. Right. There are other discussion? This is something we can approve at this meeting if someone wants yeah. to move that we do that. I move that we approve the Nobu, the Nobu uh, request as printed here. Second. Okay. Second. By Dan. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? <laughs> I was in favor for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I held up my hand a little bit longer. I want to make sure that was clear. <laughs> so we move on to staff reports, starting with the director's report. Yeah, kind of a light report this month. I feel like they were busy, but when it got down to the what they did there, kind of basic. Um, we, um, we do orientation for John. We've done some orientation for Fred's Foundation folks, um, sort of making plans for what the rest of the summer is going to look like. Um, but nobody has questions. 
Any questions or comments on this report? I do want to just briefly check in about that paragraph about the strategic planning with the state library. Um, yes. I I had some sort of assumptions that were not correct about the support that the state library could offer for community planning. I thought that really they were um, maybe only with the small libraries or were only sort of at that, that level of, of basic reporting. Um, but it was suggested that we kind of look at it. And I had a meeting with our regional um, rep from the state library, and then we brought her in via Zoom for a leadership team meeting kind of talk through what could that support look like. And I think all of us were pretty impressed by um, the breadth of resources and also the flexibility um, that they're really willing to sort of come in and assist with the parts that you'd like assistance with, but step back for the parts that you don't, willing to work with you if you choose to have a separate um, if you want to hire a different person to do a different piece of it, uh, it, it felt really um, practical, and um, I, I'm kind of excited about trying it. I think that I really believe our current plan and so does very well, and I think that we were really lucky to get to write a plan right as COVID was starting. But there is a real interest on the staff side of returning to a traditional really library service focused plan. And I think we're there. I think that we can move away from a lot of the recovery language back into um, a more traditional plan. And I think that the state library is pretty well suited for that. Um, if we were looking at three years of hyper innovation or even a large scale capital project, I think I'd feel differently, but it just feels like this could be the right time to try that, try that service and see how we feel. Um, again, I think staff want to be really involved. I think that they want to feel like they're part of the process. And our representative was really open to what that could look like in different places. Um, and um, there's financial benefit as well. It's, it's a, a no, no cost um, consultant, and that would allow us to put resources into the part of the plan that we don't deserve those the most. Great. Yep. Okay, let's see here. We have a children's services report. And the, and updated, updated version. Updated version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number <laughs> of kids in the detail. We are full steam ahead. It is. They're very busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I, you know, could not imagine that we would be back to this level that it is today. We had, uh, there's another program that starts here in a little bit. Um, we're at one of our night programs, but today already we've had uh, just under 500 kids participate in. Um, the one man band uh, and tween programs today. So, wow. Uh, just, yeah. In the teen room, it's not going to be in center, Jason, but I can tell that those are full. We had a whole group that couldn't do the gaming because there wasn't enough computers and kids were already huddled around. So, they came down and used the kids' computers mm -hmm. this afternoon. Um, 
So I know the team room is there too. And um, just updating in just a week, it's right under 2,400 um, babies through adults that are signed up for summer reading. So that's phenomenal. Um, like, I love what we did in two years. Right. Um, <laughs> right now, going on. So, so before COVID, we had a problem with restless teens in the building um, and, and inappropriate behavior. How's it looking this year? It's really good. We have Victoria has two sessions a day, but she's like sort of hitting her wall now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's an ambitious one, so she has a morning session and then an afternoon session. Wow. And then there's free gaming play during the day as well as... So we don't have the roving kind of daring. Yeah, there's kind of always something going on in there, so it's like if you're not here... They're distracted and busy. Yeah. Then you're out of the room. <laughs> you come busy. What we're doing. And it's so busy yes. with, with, with that program, so yeah. And actually there's a... Great solution. Yeah. That's a great solution, though. She, she put in a lot of work um, to get to this point uh, with volunteer, wow. like recruiting volunteers um, and just pushing lots into the space. So it's really been great to see the response, like when the teams were so wow. every time hey. to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we will do this. And parents are just like dropping them off at the door and then bye, I'll see you. Or, oh, so something's really changed. This is great. So, yeah, really good. She has built a new wow. Uh, if we ever have a, a live agenda and people would like a presentation from her, the team librarian Victoria is exceptional. Um, really came in at a tough time and yeah. embraced a challenge. Um, and is just super positive about it. It's really it'd be good to hear community connections so like to right. me, for example um yes one was here to, to talk about um art and your community yeah. so it's like a bridge of like this group also exists and yeah. um grannies were here having grannies talking about environmental justice i think it'd be good to hear her give a report because we always hear when something's gone wrong mm -hmm. and when we have to interfere and we don't really hear when it's completely turned around and it's so positive and just see how we can help. So, well, it doesn't have to be next to me, but at some point, it'd be nice to hear what happened that this is like 180 degree yeah. turnaround from people that were disruptive to really participating. But she has limited resources. I mean, she's one full time wow. person with two interns, but she also manages a full desk responsibility wow. um, and has other librarian duties. So um, I think we're, we're all impressed with. And just modeling a very casual but effective relationship building with teams and knows everybody's names and um, is just able to very organically de escalate. I really can't say enough positive about the work you do. All right. Anything else? I just have one last thing for Angie about the cardboard painting at the Arts Fest. <laughs> So since that happened, <laughs> every box that has come to our house has been set up in our front room. 
And we've got an activity plan this weekend where we're going to have our own version of it. And I am holding the children's librarians responsible. That. <laughs> yeah, that is middle picture there. That's Paul's big thing every year when he starts saving boxes for I don't know how long. I think Ellsworth, um, his kids have the same kind of response. And Ellsworth has had many talks with Paul about <laughs> Recreating it, which you know, <laughs> the perfect situation ever, you know, gets closer. Yeah, we're just gonna let the kids come in and paint on the carpet before it's perfect. It's just some cardboard and and a tarp if you need it. It's just thank you so much. My I had to drag my kids away. I had to be be a little bit of a tough dad dragging them away from it in all frankness, <laughs> but thank you. It was a very happy day. Yeah. We had a lot of happy days, so loved it. Thank you. And our next report is from the Collection Services Department. And thank you for telling us about the work Matt and Natalie do. Yes, they've been very busy. So everybody's, you know, there are lots of people in the building, but we're also in full summer publishing season. So lots of new books are coming out, lots of great titles that were pushed back because of the pandemic. Natalie and Matt have been working really hard to get those out as fast as possible. Any questions for Anne? I didn't notice under the adventure pass, like you talk about it, just random in the article about it. I know that wasn't our article oh, yeah. about it, but it was saying that we owe less than $10 in fines because we haven't waived fines. I don't know. That was like, I thought we, if we haven't announced that or it hasn't. That, that, I was confused. <laughs> yeah, the little village wrote that article. I don't, we didn't talk to them at all about fines or fees when we did discuss okay. with them. So I don't know where. No they, idea where little yeah, village are getting this uh, information. But yeah, we haven't fully announced the, and we're working on talking to patrons about establishing that no fines policy. But fees does apply. Like, so if you don't bring back a right. Vote, I mean, I think know, not that I have a question about it. I think that's totally a fair. Right. But yeah, policy that as long as you owe less than ten dollars, you know, then you get it passed. I mean, I yeah. think that's yeah. totally acceptable and fair, so um, and reasonable. But I was just wondering where that came from and if it was just their information or if it was. I think it was their. I think it's theirs. They just made that. It'll up. be the same. It, it is the same thing. If they have damaged a book at Cedar Rapids, because. So the whole program is actually done through the Grimes Public Library, and these are their rules. So we sure. can't even say, well, we do tell them what the rules are. With that, they, yeah. so we, I mean, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. So, we tell them what the rules are. They, yeah, the codes, the card and stand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Cedar Rapids would have the same issue as us. It's just the terminology. Okay, I assume that was true. I was just a little confused, but I assumed it was also just the wording of whoever wrote this article. I know it's early days, but has something emerged as the most popular? I believe blank. It's blank. It's also interesting. The um, city did a a video promo for it and they put in so again because it's done through all iowa libraries you can choose which ones you want to subscribe to and a couple that they showed in the video um aren't ones that we're subscribed to um because they're not on our side of the state or ones that we didn't think yeah similar <laughs> 
I assume that it's been really popular. Is there a limit on how many passes you guys have yes. that you can give away? Okay. So we bought, so for example, the Blank Park City, we bought two passes. Um, so two are available. Each day. Each, each day, but there are some odd rules that if, you check, if someone checks it out on Monday, maybe you lock it out for Wednesday and Thursday. So they don't, you're only allowed to use it twice a week or something. Right, right. Um, I see. I can remember that. There was a similar program when I was in the Chicago area or the Chicago parks. And I remember it being kind of, you know, like there was always a waiting list first or something like that. And it was similar like that. You'd get it one day and then it would be blocked for another day. Well, it's a great thing. Um, it's, uh, it's getting a lot of action on my Facebook page where I shared it. And just a reminder to board members, that's one of the things you can do. It's share information about the library with the community, however, you do that. So, yeah, thank you. Anything else for Ann? Right, the IT department has a report. Brent prepared. Anything to add to it? I don't think so. Any questions for Brent? Love the hearing loop. Very excited about that. Yeah, that was really nice to see the hearing loop and also JAWS just get called out with that. That's wonderful. Increasing accessibility is huge. Can I ask about a department that doesn't have a report this month? Is this sure. the right moment? Sure. This would be um, I just want to ask about facilities. Um, with the extreme heat that we've had in the past, it's changed some of our patterns of, of how the building's used especially for cooling needs for people who are homeless around the streets or um, the stress on some of our equipment. How are we doing? How is it affecting us? You know, I think that the changes that were made over the past experiences have really helped us be better prepared. Um, we haven't had any outages. Okay, so no outages. Um, have we had to change? Sometimes we've had people who've had to be here all day and perhaps aren't really using... The services and the way that the mission set. I mean, we we have people who are here all day, and no problems, but not problematic. We I would say that we've had a little bit of an increase in people um, laying down, right? And that's what you see us leaving heat. But um, it, 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 I think that we've sort of made an effort to walk through more often, remind people to sit up and on furniture. And I wouldn't say it's been a lingering problem. Um, I think that Andrew's staff, when they're preparing for a program, they make a point to have a presence in that area and have it be active. And, um, and if there is any issue to, to rouse the person, but not anything significant. They're not getting nesting or anything that we used to get. I wouldn't say that we're okay. an increase in that. Um, okay. Outside, I would say we've seen an increase in the people who are sitting. I say, are they going or, somewhere else or for cooling on the really bad days? or? Um, well, I think that the I call it a vestibule, but that space with the overhang and the bike racks by the book returns. Yes, there's a lot of people um, that write. I think that just the nature of that space keeps it a little protective and a little cooler and warmer. Um, Have we had increased urination there because of? Uh, no, I would say we're back to sort of. There are people using it overnight, but not in a particularly problematic. Okay, great. I mean, we you. do think okay. sometimes about. The, some of those are fire doors. Right. Um, we've also had at least one case where somebody opened a door from the inside 
and someone was immediately outside of it. There was no injury or anything, but it was right. it's vulnerable. Um, it did sort of make us think, you know, if somebody had really railed against it, not knowing there was some reason that we have a problem, but I would say it's on par with other years. Um, but again, I know that Brad's made some adjustments to um, like the, the heating and cooling curtains by the doors and things. Just right. every type of air had gone up. And right now it seems like all of that's working with design. Right. We did have a small heat problem with the roof membrane um, on the sort of balconies over Wind Street. Right, right. Um, right. Somebody noticed when they were doing work that there was some separation, but they, he had them inspect the, the big roof and it wasn't up there, so they just didn't pack from there. So it's kind of normal because of yeah. combination of the heat and the, some of the heavy water rainstorms have started to pull away. But um, uh, you know, Brad and his team um, are, are pretty in tune. I, mean, okay. I think every year it kind of gets a little bit um, finer tuned to what we need for the weather. Um, I do know that in the, the coming years we'll have some sort of replacement issues with some of the bigger equipment, but that's in the, in the schedule. Right, that's right. Um, and and assuming that there's availability, it shouldn't right. be very problematic. My concern was usage sort of changes or? Well, I wouldn't say it's no, problematic. Super, that's great news. It, does, it seems like our incident reports are have run up. Um, it's been really good considering how hot it's been. Yeah, right. You see long. a couple of hot weeks. Okay, so as the city progresses, they're rethinking the Robert E. Lee building with the swimming pool. So that might be, it might change the dynamic here too. However, they reimagine that building. I know the swimming pool is, or the swimming pool is at the end of life. <laughs> yeah. And so, however, they rethink that may change how people are moving yeah. between here and there. Because I, I remember seeing always the yeah. kind of just seems really, really hot periods. Right. It would cause the building to be used a little differently just so people cool off a little. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's consistent with services and sometimes it's obstructive. One thing that I think made a positive impact was not too long ago computer sessions were extended. Mm -hmm. So it used to be that a user would need to have a kind of a lot of staff interventions and stay on a machine. And now um that has been really simplified down to you can have a you can have a five hour session essentially without talking to staff if there's only waiting for machines. And that gives people a station to be at, right. a tool to be using. Right, to something to do. And it can also be very passive. If they want to put on headphones and watch a YouTube video for five hours, yeah. that's I mean that's fine. Um so I I think that sometimes just those Little yeah. barrier removal systems have a huge impact. Thank you. Okay, we have a report from the development office. It is a very exciting time for the work and the development office. We're just we we're very hard to get us back to most of our prior pandemic hours. Um, so that will be exciting. And the return of sidewalk sales. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be 105 <laughs> that's off. 
And hopefully we'll get a lemon boss stand right next to us. So yeah, you'll spend between those on the Pedmall and the north side. So we have a great spring of traffic in a few weeks. We did have a great orientation, as Sophie mentioned yesterday, for some of the new foundation board members, and we're excited about them. The final person comes next week, so we'll, we'll receive with her. And looking forward to closing one year, starting another year. Carry on. Off. Great. Okay, any questions for? And we have an entry for miscellaneous. Any questions? Everybody talk about? Okay. The next item on the agenda is the president's report. Carol reports she has no report. <laughs> <laughs> we have an opportunity for announcements from members. See any of those? Um, and the report from the Friends Foundation Board Committee. So who's got that? You got it, Hannah. I it'll, come, it'll come through better if you're if you're talking. Uh, we had a meeting June 9th. That was the annual meeting, which is required by bylaws. The operating budget was approved of three hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars based on donations this year, which and Peggy's. Peggy, sorry. Peggy is my mother-in-law. You are clearly not <laughs> in Patty's words. Not my being that. <laughs> in Patty's words, it has been a very good year. Uh, officers were also elected. They'll start July 1st. We had new board members um, approved also starting July 1st. Uh, outgoing board members were recognized. And Patty announced her retirement effective August 19th. Of this year, of twenty twenty nine, of this year. Congratulations, Patty! Thank yeah. you very, very much. That's the end of my report. Okay. Any questions? Someone say about bylaws committee? It's not listed on the agenda, but there was another committee. Yeah. You guys doing anything? Uh, we have met. We have some proposed. Changes that we'll present Angela. Great, thank you. Communications were included in the packet. Do I have any much to discuss about those? And we have the consent agenda contains the approval of the minutes and the approval of disbursements. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda? I will make a motion to approve. I'll second. second. And we'll second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And any opposed? Unopposed. Okay. Uh, our last item is to set agenda for July. We got there. We got strategic planning update and reporting discussion. Uh, so, do we approve the memorandum of agreement each year? What's on there? Yeah. Between the ICPL Friends Foundation and ICPL? Usually presented for information. Okay. Okay. But it is signed by the two presidents of the organization. Okay. okay. You can vote if you want. Carol will be chairing that meeting. We have to say, wait, 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 wait. you're not enough. <laughs> and then we'll have uh, 
couple of departmental reports, and as I said, we'll review bylaws. Does that sound okay to everyone? Mm -hmm. Then, having completed the agenda, get to declare this meeting adjourned.